Hello everyone, you are listening to the Igbo Initiative podcast with Ugochi Onyewu. Welcome to the show. Hello everyone, welcome to the Igbo Initiative podcast where we celebrate Igbo culture by speaking to amazing women in different walks of life who are either Igbo or have a very close tie to the Igbo culture. On today's episode, we speak with Kwavi. Kwavi is a certified weight coach and an international motivational speaker. At the foundation of her work as a speaker and a lifestyle coach is the belief that there has to be a deep love for oneself. An intimate and positive relationship has to be cultivated. Kwabi speaks at various corporations as well as conferences, spreading the news of the benefits of living a healthy lifestyle with a focus on self-care and mindfulness, both of which have a direct impact on personal and professional well-being. Kwabi enjoys helping women all over the world. However, her true passion is to educate women and give them the knowledge and tools to make an informed decision on how to live a healthy lifestyle that fits into their schedule. So hi, Kwavi. Thank you so much for joining us today. I think the listeners are in for such a treat because we have so much to talk about. Um, You know, so obviously, uh, I've known you for a long time. And so I'd love to take this time to just have the listeners kind of learn a little bit about who you are and what you do and and hopefully get a lot out of it. I certainly have, right? So uh, welcome again. And thank you. Before we start, obviously, okay. from your name, you're not Igbo, and this is like no. a, an Igbo <laughs> initiative podcast. One of yeah. the things I did say to my listeners is that I did want to interview women who had a close tie to the culture, right? Yes. So yes. perhaps you could just take a few minutes just to set the stage as to what your tie is to Igbo culture and what you, you know, how your love about the culture. Talk a little okay. bit about that. So I have two ties. So the first one, uh, which started many, many years ago, and that was, uh, you know, around the time I met Ugochi, at least a few years after, was in school. So I went to Federal Government Girls College, Oweri, and obviously that's in Imo State. So it's a school with predominantly Ibo girls. And uh, my dad had chosen that school because um, he was friends with another principal, and uh, the principal was from England, and she said, oh, she had this other friend, another English lady who was principal of another school in Awarian and, you know, told my dad, you know, you should apply to that school for your daughter. It would be a good fit. And it was a good fit. That's how I ended up in Awari, uh, many miles away from where I live because I lived in me <laughs> at the time. And But it was a great experience and introduced me to the Igbo culture. And I went as far as taking Igbo mm-hmm. um, as a subject, you know, over French. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My mom didn't particularly like because she's from Togo (laughs) and they speak French there, but I decided to go with Igbo. Mm -hmm. And I learned a lot about just the Igbo culture. And it was actually kind of fascinating because, you know, Igbo people, regardless, at least in Nigeria, no matter where they were from or where they lived, they they knew how to speak Igbo, which wasn't the common thing for us in in Benin. We learned Pidgin. But the Igbo, and I felt that that was um, testament to their culture and how, you know, strongly tied they were and, you know, their parents made them do it. And I thought it was just a great thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And it just 
you know, even like when we'd go to the markets because on uh, off days we'd have an opportunity to go to the market. It would be interesting because everyone would be speaking Igbo <laughs> and to kind of pick up. And I picked up a few things. I can't remember some of them now, but, you know, it was kind of interesting. Yeah. Now, the other tie that I have is my mother-in-law is actually Igbo. Mm-hmm. So she's from Aka. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so that was my other tie to the Igbo culture. And I'll say this, though, growing up in where I opened my eyes to ask more questions as an adult. And I'll say it in this form, like my Igbo, some of my Igbo mentors, like I have a lot of mentors that are Igbo. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I find so interesting is how women, and it's changed slightly, but the the, the importance and power that Igbo women had back mm. in the day. They had their own way of doing things that, you know, they're part of, you know, when they had disputes, they were part of the people that settled disputes. I mean, it's mm-hmm. really fascinating when mm-hmm. you start to read that. And I didn't know all of that growing up. But then when I started to speak with, because I, I just like culture, I like, you know, knowing more. Mm-hmm. And um, when they would explain that to me, I'm like, really, I didn't know that. And really all that changed when, when the, you know, the uh, Europeans came, mm-hmm. well, specifically when the British came to Nigeria, all that changed mm-hmm. because women had were so powerful mm-hmm. in the Igbo culture, mm-hmm. but that wasn't something that the Europeans were used to. So they kind of changed all of that. Mm-hmm. But before that, I mean, the Igbo women were revered. They had their own way of, you know, they were part of the ruling sect. That, yes. that was, you know, that was their that was part of who they were mm-hmm. and that was known you know mm-hmm. so it's kind of interesting how everything's changed <laughs> I know I know and it's interesting you talk about that because that's kind of one of the things we want to do on this show not just uh empowering Igbo women to understand just what power they have and just how much mm-hmm. of an influence they can have on society but obviously women in general women such as yourselves <laughs> who are you know passionate about what you do and I you know I'm just so excited to have this chat with you so what I wanted to talk about next is because obviously where you started, you left Federal Oweri and then you mm-hmm. and I have known each other since I was yes. 11. So really long yes. time. So I kind of know your history. Right. But kind of what you're doing today is, I would say, slightly different, right? From where Very you started. Off. Yeah, because you and I were both in London, right? Before yes, we moved, both exactly. moved to the US. So maybe yeah. you can talk the audience through um, your journey a little bit okay. and how you got to where you are now. And then we can kind of kick it off from there. All right. Sounds good. So um, like Ugochi said, so I went to FGC Awari and then after that I went to England for college. So I did uni in um, England and I did information technology. That was my major. And after that, I, you know, work, went on to work in IT. Now, prior to graduating, I remember this day I had just come back from school and I decided to just turn on the telly. And back then they probably only had four channels. I can remember it's BBC One, BBC Two, ITV and Channel Four. Those are the four channels. And I was just clicking through the channels and I stumbled upon this documentary. And the documentary was about how we get, how food, actually specifically how meat gets to our table. So it's about the cattle, Mm. the environment and what they, and I was, I'll be honest with you, I was totally disgusted. Mm. I was like, oh my goodness, really? And right there and then I made the decision that I wouldn't eat meat anymore. Mm. So this was me at probably 19. I just said, you know, I'm not eating meat anymore. And that put me on a path of investigating every single thing that I put into my mouth. Mm. So I started to, to in, inquire and investigate. And it was so funny because my brothers, my friends, they all thought I was crazy. Mm-hmm. They're like, 
it's not that serious. I'm like, yes, it is. <laughs> and for those that know me, when I do something, I go all in. I I don't like sit on the fence. Mm-hmm. No, I'm doing something. I'm doing. I'm doing. I go the extra mile. I like, mm-hmm. do everything. So I started investigating. I started learning about you know preservatives and the you know the coloring that they put in our food. Mm-hmm. And I just decided, you know, I wasn't going to be a part of that. Even if I was the only person, I was not going to be a part of that. And so I changed my whole diet. Mm. So I started, I stopped eating white bread because I knew that was bleached flour. I mean, I started doing all these different things. I started drinking water. It's so funny. My brother laughs at me today because he remembers me drinking avian water and Perrier. <laughs> and listen, as a student in uni, <laughs> But I made it happen. Right. I made it happen. So, yeah, so I would do that. So I stopped drinking fizzy drinks. Um, uh, I just changed everything. And I started to question every single thing I put into my mouth. Mm. And I started to pay attention. And that was when I started to pay attention to my body. And I was just doing this on my own. I didn't even know there was some kind of rule or there was some kind of theme or I didn't know any or, or any kind of philosophy based around that. I just did that. So, mm. but. I was in college, you know, so I would do that. And then, and then I've actually involved friends, like people come up to me and say, so what are you doing? You look different. Mm. Um, and then I would kind of make a menu out for them and I tell them, you know, eat this, don't eat that. And this has this, so you don't want to, you, you don't want to eat that. Uh, and it's strange because when I think back, a lot of my friends, when they would come, one of the first things that they would overeat on would be fast food, you know, and mm-hmm. I keep telling them, yeah. And they're like, no, we're fine. You know, and now it's kind of turned around because people have kind of moved away from that. Yeah. But that was my thing. And but I I didn't think I could turn it into a career. So I focused on the IT and IT was great for me. And then I moved to the States through IT also and kept working in IT. And then eventually, maybe I think I would say maybe five, six years, about six years ago, I decided I want to because this was Alongside me doing my IT, I even had an IT training company for a while. I kept doing that. And I even went on to do my master's in medical informatics, which was mm-hmm. technology and IT and techno- technology and healthcare. I, you know, I still kept pursuing, at least passionately, you know, things about food, exercise and educating everyone that wanted to listen. Or sometimes people that didn't want to listen, I educated them anyway. <laughs> what I kept on doing and but something kept telling me as even though I really loved IT because I love the IT in terms of I love trying to figure out things so that part I loved but it got to a point where I really wanted something different mm-hmm. the, I was very passionate about healthy lifestyle and while in college while it, sorry when I was doing my master's my thesis the final thesis I had to do I did it on diabetes and the role of social media, like how social media can play an important role in managing diabetes. Hmm. I enjoy that immensely. One of the things I did remember through the research was that losing weight was a big factor in managing diabetes. It could make a big difference. Mm -hmm. And that kind of put me on the path of, you know what, I really want to pursue a career in helping people lose weight and live a healthy lifestyle. And I wanted them to lose weight, not just because they want to lose it, because it could affect their overall health. Mm -hmm. I wanted to educate them about that also. And that was when I started, you know, slowly but surely trying to do that while doing IT. And finally, I just kind of cut off IT and then just focused on this. And I also wanted to just focus on women. I I mean, (laughs) there might be some men listening, but this wasn't about that. I just felt that women... 
needed to hear this. And I felt that I, being a female and being so passionate about what women do, I felt that this was important. And I felt that this was an area that spills into so many areas of their lives, whether it's their relationships, their career, just everything. When your health is out of sync, Mm -hmm. it affects everything. Right. And I knew that just pursuing this the way I wanted in a different way where it wasn't about dieting because that was one thing I was Mm -hmm. against. No, I'm not going to tell people to diet because I don't think diets work in the long term. They might work for short, but not in the long term. I wanted to give them a plan that they could use for life. Mm. That was my goal. Mm. And that's how I kind of got into the healthy lifestyle. It's interesting because obviously you you said something earlier about how Mm -hmm. your friends were asking you what you were doing, that you look different, right? And Mm -hmm. you've always, as as long as I've known you, you've always been really slim, right? Exactly. So so what was it about you? Was it that you lost weight or was it that you were glowing or you felt better or you were more more energetic? What was it exactly that was different? Two major things. I looked different in terms of I looked like I was glowing. Mm. My skin looked different. And then I had more energy. Those are the two major things that people always comment and still comment on now. Mm -hmm. They're like, where'd you get the energy from? I'm telling you, we are what we eat. Mm. Whether we want to admit it or not, we are what we eat. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm. Interesting. Because you also, um, one of the things is that, you know, people might look at you and say, well, you know, uh, 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 you don't know what it's like. You've never really been overweight. You've you've always been slim. But I think the important thing, at least what I'm gathering from what you're saying, is it's not necessarily about a number on the scale. It's about the health, right? It is. And being vibrant and energetic Mm -hmm. and glowing. Yeah. So that's an interesting point. Yeah. It is. And and I'm glad you brought that up because a lot of people have told me, oh, but what do you know about losing when you've never really been overweight? And I get that. And I can't Mm. change that. Right. But I also let people know that you don't have to go through something in order to help someone do it. Right. Uh, I I mean, I always give the example of my OBGYN all the time. He's actually Igbo. Love him. He's amazing. His wife is like one of my mentors. And he did an amazing job because I had a few miscarriages before I had my first son. Mm. He was amazing in getting me through my whole pregnancy. And even when I had miscarriages and just encouraging me. But guess what? He's male. So he'll never, ever be able to have a child. Yes. But he was, I I chose him over other females because Mm. he understood my story. He was able to help me through miscarriages. And even when I became pregnant and just the encouragement and motivation, he gave me to keep on going. And it's still an integral part of my family till today. Mm, That's interesting. And I'm glad you sort of clarified that because that's obviously (laughs) something I'm sure people would want to know, right? How do you help people when you haven't been through what they've been through? But obviously you have your own journey and and you're still able to help people as well. Yeah, yeah, that's great. So so let's kind of transition a little bit because I know that this is a passion of yours in terms of, um, you know, just health and weight loss and Mm -hmm. being vibrant. But you've also taken it to the next level, right? So you're now kind of focusing around the midlife. Because for, for the listeners who are listening in, and at the end, Kwavi will kind of give you information as to how to reach her. Kwavi's yeah. 50, right? Yeah. But um, <laughs> And she's passionate about midlife and all the different changes that women go through at this stage of their life. And that's kind of where she's focusing on now. So maybe we can transition a bit and talk some about that, because I know there's a lot to unpack in that area alone. Yes. So, yeah, go ahead. So midlife is like my passion now. And I've transitioned from like a weight loss coach to a midlife lifestyle coach. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I turned 50, I turned 50 in March. 
And it was a big thing for me. Like 50 days before I turned 50, I was uh, posting daily. So I called it 50 Shades of 50. And every day I would post something. And it was just, it allowed me to be grateful for everything that has happened in my life up until that point and being able to get to that 50-year-old mark. One thing I did realize was once I turned 50, I would, you know, first of all, people are like, really, you're turning 50? And, okay, the other thing that people would say would be, you're really going to tell people that you're turning 50? Like, <laughs> See, and that's the other thing. People have this thing about age. I'm like, okay, I don't care about age. It's just a number. I'm living, right? Yes. That's, that matters to me. I'm alive and I'm healthy. Yes. That's all that matters. Yes. And um, I would have discussions with other women in midlife. And their stories were depressing. And I'm like, what is going on? They're like, oh, you know how it is when you get to midlife, it's all over. And I was like, no, I'm like, it doesn't have to be that way. You can change that narrative for yourself. Society might say that, uh, the news media might portray one thing, culture might portray another, but you're in control of how you feel. And we, women, we can change that narrative. And that's what I'm about. I really want to change the narrative as it surrounds midlife. Mm -hmm. Because I believe midlife is a new stage. It's it's different. You have so many, there's so many opportunities for you to pursue if you want to. It's a time for most women who are mothers where for the most part, their kids are kind of a little older. Some might even be out of the house. Mm -hmm. So it's the time for you to really focus on yourself. Where you can, if you weren't exercising before, you can start doing that. And I say that because Midlife, I really believe, is one of those things that kind of is like kicking you to do something different. Mm. It's like telling you, okay, you might have eaten whatever before, you might not have exercised before, but now this is time to revisit what you've done in the past and see mm. what wasn't working and see what is mm. and tweak depending on you know what you find out. Mm -hmm. Because as you get older, whether you want to admit it or not, there are some illnesses or some diseases that you're more prone to once you get older. And this is a time for you to say, you know what? Okay, I'm going to take better care of myself. I'll start taking care of me. I can start exercising. I can start paying attention to the kind of foods that I eat. I can start listening to my body more. I can start developing, cultivating relationships more. You have that opportunity. The thing is with, with that midlife, this is a time where you know a lot, right? You've, so you've gained that experience. In some cases, you have, you're, you're um, more financially stable. Mm -hmm. But you're at that stage where you still have that energy to do so much. Yeah. Because 20, 30 years from now, if you happen to live that long, it might not be the case. Yeah. So this is a great, I mean, you have, you're equipped to do all kinds of stuff. So mm -hmm. why not? Mm -hmm. And so that's why I am on the, I'm on this journey to just show women that they can, this is like that act two, they need to be ready. They can, there are so many opportunities and they can go for it. I love that act too. Yeah. <laughs> so what would you say to women then? Because I, you know, you find when you, when you enter midlife that some of the things that worked before, right? So, okay. And I'll use, yeah. again, I'm going back to weight just as an example. Mm -hmm. Yes. I could work out maybe two or three times a week, you know, or maybe if I had a, a wedding coming up, I could just say, mm -hmm. you know what? I won't eat breakfast for a week. And in a week, mm -hmm. I'd be seven pounds lighter. And my stomach could be flat. Now I'm in midlife, I'm working all, I'm doing all this stuff or, or, or even like food I could eat before I'm finding mm. now that it bloats me or I'm, yes. 
exercising you know they'd say Quavi I exercise I eat right but I've still gained mm-hmm. 10 pounds what's mm-hmm. going on so what would you say to women because there's so many different yeah. changes yeah. right yeah weight yeah. isn't just the the only one but obviously that's the one that's the most visible it, maybe yeah. right there's mm-hmm. moods there's there's energy yeah. Yeah. Um, so talk a bit about some of the things yeah. that women entering midlife could do to combat yeah. these changes yeah. And that is so true. I mean, that's even happened to me. Uh, there's certain things I could eat before that I can't anymore. I eat them, I get bloated. Mm. Um, but definitely midlife does have, it has its challenges. But I tell women, one, if you're aware of them, you can kind of figure out what to do. The weight thing is a big one. That's one of the reasons why I try to d- change my niche from just weight loss to more midlife because I noticed a lot of my clients were coming in they were doing certain things before and it was all working all of a sudden it's no longer working and that's what midlife does to you lots of things that you did before no longer work it's forcing you to change it's forcing you to look back and say okay I did this before and some of us got away with doing things that we weren't supposed to do anyway (laughs) right right you know so this is a time where you're like no your body's telling you no 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 focus now let's look and see what things work so in terms of weight one of the things I tell my clients is to really start jotting down what they're eating because they might not even realize that some of the things they're eating that was working for them before is no longer working mm. until you start writing them down, mm. writing them down. And one big thing I tell all my clients, I tell all my family members, all my friends is you have to listen to your body. What is your body telling you? Because your body will never steer you wrong. Your body, your body has infinite wisdom. Mm. And we have to listen. And that's one thing I do. I still do till today. Like I'll give you an example. This morning I woke up and my son had told me he wanted eggs for breakfast. I said, okay, you know, I'll make some eggs for you. And typically when I make eggs for him, I'll make, you know, a batch for myself. Mm -hmm. But my body wasn't feeling those eggs. Hmm. So I quickly, but I, I could tell my body wanted something different. And Mm. I I could tell my body wanted something like, like juice. So I made Mm. I made cucumber, I put cucumber, ginger, and lemon and oranges, and I made the juice. So I haven't eaten today. And that's why I say don't, that's one reason why I don't believe in diets, because Mm. diets put you on a a schedule and a regimen. Your body is what needs to put you on a schedule. Like, I haven't had breakfast today, and that's okay, because my body didn't didn't want me to have breakfast. Mm. So all I had was some juice. I've had a cup of juice. I had, like I said, cucumbers, orange, lemon, and oranges. Mm. But you have to pay. You don't just don't go with what you've done before. Be open and be flexible because that's the other thing. Sometimes I'm like, oh, well, I used to do. I'm like, no, this is a different time for you. This is a different time for your body. And start to pay attention to your portion size. What you had before, the portion size you had before might not be working anymore. Mm. And just not eating to be full. Like sometimes we just, you don't have to eat to be full. You're really, we're not designed to eat to, to be full. Mm. It's just that over time we've done that and our bodies have yeah. gotten used to that. But that's not how we're made. So paying attention to your body, looking at your portion sizes from before and seeing how it works, mm. and really paying attention to every single thing that you eat. Mm. Like, how does your body feel? Does it feel like, oh, goodness, I feel so tired and lethargic? You know, all of that. Those are different things that you can pay attention and can, over time, start seeing the difference. Mm. The other thing I also tell my clients to do is there are five things that typically affect your you know, like how your body reacts to food, gluten, alcohol, caffeine, dairy, and sugar, those five things. So I always tell my clients to pay attention. If they have any of these in their meals, pay attention to those because those have a lot to do with how your body 
you know, reacts to food and whether it's going to digest, is it going to store it as fat? Is it going to burn it? All of that. Those five things are really important. And I always like to share that with my clients and friends. So it's interesting. I think it's almost a re-education, right? Because one of the things is that we've had this discussion, like when we were kids, our parents would tell us, finish everything on your plate. Don't you know they're starving children? Don't waste food. And we were kind of taught to Yes. eat everything on the plate or at least and then you know so we we, we got used to uh-huh. eating and, and then also the this traditional breakfast lunch and dinner uh-huh. oh it's 8 a.m i have to eat breakfast right uh-huh. so we it, it's not a question of what does my body feel like it's well it's breakfast I'm, time right breakfast so, time. thank you so i think and also now that we're older if we've been doing living a certain way all our lives i think it's it's really having to stop and re-educate ourselves because it doesn't right. come naturally right so no it doesn't it yeah. doesn't yeah, I think I think that's interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah so I didn't have breakfast today, and, I'm, and the funny thing is, I'm fine. And that's the other thing. Sometimes you wake up and you still feel full. Don't eat. Mm. Really, you don't need to eat. We don't need. To, we don't need to eat all the time. Mm. We need to listen to our bodies. And I tell you this: if people paid attention to their bodies and only ate when they were meant to eat, you'd be able to maintain a healthy weight. Mm. And a healthy weight, I use that loosely because a healthy weight is different for everyone. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You might not be meant, you might not, you know, maybe you're not supposed to be 130. Mm-hmm. You might be, maybe 150 is more your weight. Mm-hmm. For your weight. So I tell people not to look at the numbers, but I do advise all my clients to weigh themselves every day mm-hmm. because that way you have a baseline to work with and you can see how things are going. Interesting. So would you say things like um, ice cream and cookies are completely banned or do you believe in everything in moderation? What's your philosophy? I believe in moderation. I actually call those types of food joy food. Mm. And I call them, those are foods that you eat, you know, just to provide joy because let's face it, they're not really giving you any nutritional value at Mm. least most of the time, but they just make you happy. I normally say 90% fuel food and fuel foods are, you know, your leafy grains, your healthy carbs, food like that. And then 10% joy food. For me, my joy food is I like uh, coffee, uh, ice cream. And it's strange because I don't even like coffee, but <laughs> I, I love coffee, ice cream. So I'll get the little haagen you know, the little, they have those little yeah, ones. Yeah, the small ones. Yes. Small ones, that's yeah. it. And I'll just have that and I'm good. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So what about exercise? Would you say to women in midlife, particular women of any age, right? Because even yeah. if you're not in midlife, you need to yeah. start now to prepare your body yeah. so that when you do get to midlife, you don't have as much of a challenge, right? Right. Would you say that exercise is something you should do every day? Is it different for everybody? You know, the, some of the, the, the harsh aerobics, high impact aerobics we could mm. do when we're younger, not so appropriate now, mm. right? So what's yeah. your philosophy on exercise? In well, general? on exercise, one thing I do tell women know is before they focus on exercise they need to focus on nutrition because no matter how much they exercise if they don't take care of the nutrition part they're not going to see a difference Mm. so if they've taken care of that my advice would be exercise exercise is the next best thing and exercise can help you lose weight but i think i tell people to you to see exercise as a gift because sometimes when you look at exercise as okay i'm exercising so i can lose this Mm-hmm. It now becomes like a punishment. Yes. Or I'm exercising so I can eat this, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. No, no. Yeah. Look at exercise as a gift you're giving to yourself. Because when you look at it that way, first of all, you're more compassionate with yourself. And you're not, the expectations are lower. Like, okay, 
all right, okay, I didn't lose it, but I'm going to keep doing it because of the way it makes you feel as opposed to because of something you want to get out of. Interesting. That's an interesting approach. What about sleep? Does sleep play an important role as well? Yes, it does. (laughs) And I'm guilty because I don't get enough sleep. I'm working on it. But sleep is so important for our bodies. Our mm. bodies need to, you know, sleep, relax, recalibrate, and then you wake up in the morning refreshed. Our bodies need that. Mm. And sometimes when you don't get enough sleep, it affects your um, appetite. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So that's one of the reasons why, especially if you're on the path to losing weight, you need to get your sleep in. Seriously. It can interfere with your weight loss goals. Mm. For sure. Yeah. So how many hours would you recommend? Is it different for everyone or could it be, does it have to be? I think people should at least get eight hours. I know it's hard. That's a challenge. Yeah, that's a challenge. challenge. But, you know, eight hours, really, that's Mm -hmm. recommended. And I think women in midlife, it it gets even trickier because the sleep kind of changes. It's hard, more challenge to get really good quality sleep when you hit midlife because of menopause. Mm. But I'm telling you, when you do get it, it's just amazing when you do get that sleep <laughs> and you can see that and you can feel that notice the difference too. <laughs> so what about stress, right? Because we all yeah. experience stress. It's, mm-hmm. it's one of those things in, in today's world that we can almost, it's, it, you can't avoid it. There's going to be right. some stress. So for you, Kwavi, what do you do when you feel overwhelmed or unfocused or just really stressed out? What are some of the ways you manage stress in your life? One thing I do is I have to kind of step back. Like I like to, I used to run a lot. I don't run as much anymore. I've actually, I'm actually transitioning into race walking. So I'm trying to do the fast walking. That's mm. what I'm trying to transition into. Exercise is a great way for me to de-stress. Mm-hmm. It, it helps me a lot. Walking is a great one because it allows me to think mm. away from whatever it is that's going. And I like to move out of where whatever is causing stress. Mm-hmm. So working in my home office, for me, it will be a walk outside. I'm mm. not a treadmill type. I don't like to walk on yeah, a treadmill. Right. I have to be out in nature. Mm. So that is my, oh, wait, that is my stress buster for sure. Being out in nature, even if it's just a quick walk, a quick jog, just get that endorphins going. That helps me. The other thing I do like to do also is I, I love essential oils. So I'll hmm. put in a diffuser and diffuse that into the air. Just the smell of it just kind of calms me down. What like oils it. do you use? I leave the, I use doTERRA. So I'll use peppermint. I'll use white orange. I love the citrus-based ones. Mm. And I also and I add peppermint too for clarity. So And then lavender too when I want to relax. So yeah, they help a lot. Just the smells just kind of invigorate me. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Mm. What would you... So, so this is Kwavi now, 50 years old, right? You're a, <laughs> a midlife coach. You're enjoying life, living passionately. So if you went back 30 years and met your 20-year-old self, or if you met a young person who's 20 and is kind of um, starting that journey, what would you tell them, right? What are some of the things you've learned along the way that you wish you'd known at age 20 that you can impart to someone else? Okay. And I'll tell you this. I'm going to be honest. I really liked myself at 20. I really did. Of course. But the the two areas that I think I could have improved upon – was to appreciate my parents more. I don't think I appreciated them at my, in my 20s. Mm-hmm. I just felt, yeah, okay. I really wish I had. That's a part of me now that as a parent, I'm like, man, I really took my parents for granted. I felt they didn't know anything. I felt I knew it all. I really wish I had done more in that area. Mm-hmm. Second of all, I wish I had kind of gone the path, because in my 20s, I, I, I can say that I was, 
I didn't really go with the flow. I did what I wanted. I was like, okay, I need to do this. I'll do it, even if others weren't doing it. But the one area that I could have done better in is the fact that even at that young age, I wanted to be an entrepreneur, but I didn't because I felt that I had to get a job. And I wish I had pursued that. I really, mm. really wish I'd pursued my passion of starting my own company back then. Mm. But I- mm-hmm. Well, you got to it eventually, right? <laughs> yes, I did. I did. But I, I always wonder, what if I had started it then? What would it have become? What would right. have happened? Right. You know? So that's the part I'm like, oh, I wish I had. So yeah. But apart from that, everything else, I... I and that's one of the reasons why I wish I had appreciated my parents more because now when I work with women and they tell me their stories, I'm like, wow, I didn't go through that. My parents didn't, you know, so yeah. I know that they did a good job yeah. in terms of making me very comfortable and confident. And I think more than anything, being very comfortable with who I was. That's great. That's great. But you actually raised a good point, right? You, you're like, you wish you'd done it at 20, started your own business, but you, you did it now. So mm-hmm. speaking again to women in midlife who are like, you know, maybe whatever, right? I've been mm-hmm. an engineer all my life or I've worked in yeah. IT or a doctor, whatever, but yeah. I'd really like to, you know, I'd love to start catering or I'd love to start yes. drawing, whatever. Yes. What would you say to them now? Because they're probably like, oh, I should have done this when I was 20, right? I've waited too long. Is it too late? What would you say? This is what I'll tell them. There's a saying that goes, when is the best time to plant a tree? The best time to plant a tree was like 100 years ago, right? But you know what? The next best time is now. Mm -hmm. So you couldn't do it then. The next best time is now. You still have that opportunity. You still have those yearnings and desires to do it. Go ahead and do it. Mm -hmm. Start small. It doesn't have to be a big thing. You can start small because there's something that lights you up. That's why you're talking about yes. it. That's why you want to do it. So can you imagine if you start doing it? You're just talking about it and you're excited. Can you mm-hmm. imagine if you start doing it? Mm. That energy, that, I mean, that's going to affect different areas of your life that you won't even, you can't even imagine. So if you have that design within you, just go ahead and do it. Don't wait. Don't wait. Just do it. I love that. Don't wait. Just do it. <laughs> just do it. Yeah. You'd be amazed. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It gives yeah. you a sense of purpose as well, right? When you're it living does. your best life. It does. Yeah. Yes, it really yeah. does. It does. Do you have any recommendations on books or websites or resources that listeners can kind of get some more information about this lifestyle, this vibrant lifestyle, right? Do you have any ideas or any recommendations? I'll tell you this. The one thing I do, one book I love, and I do read it over and over again. I tend to give it to, uh, you know, during my events, sometimes in my retreats, I give them out to people, is The Alchemist. Hmm. And the reason why I like that book is, is because we're all, we're all on a journey, you know, and mm-hmm. it might be, your journey might be to be a better parent, or it might, and, and our journey and our, our, our uh, outcomes change as we go along. It might be, okay, I want to do this now, and then you change something else. Hmm. But the thing is, as you're pursuing whatever it is that you have as your goal, not only is the goal important, but the journey is. And that's what the alchemist talks about. Mm. It shows you that even the journey towards that goal is equally important. And sometimes we face obstacles. But, you know, our faith, our power, mm. the courage that we have allows us to pursue our dreams. Mm. And no matter how sometimes we face the different obstacles or sometimes it might even be a sign helping us. But, you know, sometimes it might be conspicuous, sometimes it might not be, but all of that plays a big role in achieving that goal. And I just love that. It's just not, oh, straightforward, you go, no. Hmm. You're going to encounter some things. And then there are people along the way, too, that might be able to help you. Sometimes you ignore them because it might not be obvious that this person can help you. 
Mm. I just love, I mean, I just think it's just a great book to, you know, just about life and just mm-hmm. our pursue, pursuit of different dreams and goals that we have in life. Amazing. This has been amazing, Kwavi. But before yeah. you go, of course, I'm sure yeah. there are people who will want to know more about you and learn how they can perhaps work with you because I know you do one-on-one coaching as yes, well. Yes, I you, do. Yeah. You, talk, you take women. Oh, the other thing we didn't talk about, you take women on retreats. I've been on yes. one. It's fabulous. It's amazing. Yes. Yes, um, so what is the best way to reach you to learn more about the, the services that you offer? The best way for you to reach me is at my website. And my website is www.kwavi, K-W-A-V is in Victor, I.com. So www.kwavi.com. That's the best way. I have all my, my programs are out there. If you need to contact me by email, it's there. If you want to learn about the retreats that I offer around the world, it's there. So all kinds of information about what I do, programs, and how to contact me are on my website. Thank you so much, Kwavi. This has been amazing. I'm so glad you were able to come on the show. I've learned a lot from you, and I'm hoping the listeners have gained uh, some great insights from you as well. I hope so, too. Thank you so much. Thanks, Kwavi. All right. Take care. Bye. Thanks, everyone, for listening today. Please visit my website, www.theebo.com, which will have the book that Kwavi recommended and details on how to reach her in the episode's show notes. It would really mean a lot to me if you could subscribe and leave a rating. You can do this in iTunes. You can also access episodes on Stitcher and Google Play. And of course, my website. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.